You're listening to the Creekside Church Message Podcast. We hope you enjoy this message from Pastor George Willis, which is titled, Six Factors to Answered Prayer. For more information, please visit our website at www.creekside.org. Thank you, Pastor Aaron. Hey, uh, yeah, sorry, I was, I was kind of going over my notes. I am, any time I'm invited to a barbecue that I don't have to cook, that excites me, and it should excite you as well. Anybody else? No? Come on, barbecue's biblical. Um, how's everybody doing today? I thank you for braving the, the deluge, the downpour, the storm to be here today. For those who stayed at home uh, watching online, welcome, because uh, I know you do the weather. Uh, anyway, uh, welcome online. Glad you're here. Uh, can we let those in-house know those online we, that we love them, that we're with them? Make some noise for them. Come on. So I'm going to get right into it. If that's cool, say it's cool. All right. Uh, last week, we talked about one section. We talked about prayer. As we close out our series, Winning the War in Your Mind, and this is not a continuation of that series, but I just felt the need to kind of talk about prayer. And we're going to talk about prayer even more sometime during this year when we're going to go through maybe what we more commonly know as the Lord's Prayer, or better, the Model Prayer, or the Disciples' Prayer. But today I want to talk about prayer because we made it kind of a big deal last week that you know, one of the concerns that I have and a fear that I have is that sometimes we undervalue or take for granted the purpose and the power of prayer. Prayer. It, it's our line of communication between us and God. And oftentimes, like I said last week, we take prayer and we oftentimes see it as our last line of defense. Uh, all I can do is pray. I can't do much beyond that. I could just pray. Well, I guess all I'll do is pray. But prayer is so much more, isn't it? It's not our last line of defense. It needs to be our first line of offense. I mean, have you ever prayed for something or someone only to have it not go the way that you hoped it would go? Let's be honest. Every single one of us in this room. I don't know a single person in my short years of life that has had every prayer answered. Anybody in this room? Anybody watching online? No. I mean, how many of us have ever prayed for a parking spot? How many, how many, God just miraculously opened, make somebody leave this store, this Target parking lot, so I can park three feet closer. Has anybody ever prayed for the gas prices to go down? It's not working, is it? It's, the opposite's happening. You ever prayed, uh, for COVID to go away and, and be eradicated? Have you ever prayed for someone to be healed? Have you ever prayed that God would send you a bucket of $50 bills? I mean, we all have. We've all prayed for things that we hoped would happen, but they didn't. 
And, and if you're like me, have you ever thought to yourself when your prayers don't get answered, going, man, am I, am I, did I ask this right? Did I pray this right? Did I, did I use the, the right language? Did I even pray the right prayer? I mean, did I, did, I, did I not pray hard enough? Did I not pray long enough? Maybe I just dialed the wrong number. Some of you have heard me share my story about, um, you know, a story out of our life with my wife and I both have type 1 diabetes. And if you haven't heard it, just a, a short summary, my wife was diagnosed one month before our wedding with type 1. It was stressful. It caused a number of difficulties, both physically, spiritually, and emotionally, and uh, m- most of all, relationally in the early parts of our relationship. Here's the deal. I prayed for her healing for years. Years. I prayed that God would heal heal her completely. For years I prayed that. And as you know, it, after years and years of praying for her healing, I ended up being diagnosed with it. I got it. And basically I was having an argument with God going, this is not the way it's supposed to work here. I'm supposed to, you're supposed to, but you didn't. I had many conversations with God, and I said things like, God, were you even listening to me? Did you even hear what I was saying? Do you hear my prayers? I asked for you to heal my wife, and no, I got it. You know what happened? It, it made me, uh, I, I began to question my effectiveness of my prayers, I begin to question, are my prayers really that effective? The passion, the verbiage. I mean, listen, believe me, I said all the things we mentioned earlier. Here's the problem. The, the problem is it's moved many, many of us, oftentimes it's moved us from praying about significant things to just simply talking about it. It's, it, we're, we're taking it, in essence, what we're doing by talking about it, not praying about it, we're taking it to the created instead of taking our prayers to the creator. Why is it that when we pray, some of our prayers get a yes and some just don't? I mean, does God really hear them? Is it really true, like Scripture says, that we can have whatever we ask for in prayer? In the Gospel of John, as well as in his first letter, which is more commonly known as 1 John, there are six times, how many times? Six times that we are told we can, we absolutely can have whatever, whatever we ask for. 
but there are some conditions. Say conditions. Or we're going to call them factors. There are some conditions or factors that are part of our requests. And this morning, I want to look at these six factors to answered prayer. How many of us can use a little more answered prayer in our life? Six factors to what? Answered prayer. And I want to take a look at these six factors. There's going to be some various scriptures out of John chapter 14 and 15. And we're going to look at six times. Six different factors to answer prayer. My hope, my prayer, is that it will revolutionize our prayer life. It'll revolutionize our prayer life. First factor we have is the glory factor. It says in John 14, verse 12, I tell you the truth. Anyone who believes in me will do the same works I have done, and even greater works, because I am going to be with the Father. It says, you can ask for anything in my name, and I will do it, so that the Son can do what? Bring glory to the Father. Yes, ask me for anything in my name, and I will do it. Now, the context of this verse is that Jesus is talking about he was going, or talking about how he was going to the Father, and from there, heaven from his place in heaven, he could help us uh, do even greater things than he was doing. Now, these are greater things in the, in the scope and extent, or in scope and extent, not, not just in quality or necessarily quality. What Jesus was essentially doing is com- comforting his disciples to help them understand the purpose of his uh, departure. And this verse also specifies that we must also ask in his name. Ask in my name. You can ask for anything in my name. And this is key because to ask in a person's name means we are asking in all that the name, get this, represents. The name. How many of us have wanted to get into some place and like a, a, a restaurant that's hard to get into or whatever it is for you, but your friend said, hey, just tell them I sent you. And they'll get you a table right away. It, it, don't use my name. You'll be sitting in the parking lot. Ask in my name. It's what it represents. Jesus' sacrifice. Jesus' position. It's Jesus' authority that we are to ask in. It means that when we ask in the name of Jesus, it's as if Jesus himself was petitioning the Father for what we're asking for. But you have to understand that the very purpose of our prayer is that God gets the glory. God gets the glory. If we were to look into the book of Acts, Acts chapter two more specifically, you will see a lame beggar. A lame beggar who was healed in the name of Jesus. Now people who witness this healing begin praising God. Why? Because he was healed at that moment for a specific purpose, and that was to bring glory to the Father. 
not to uh, make the disciples look amazing. It was to bring glory to the Father, hence the people who witnessed it began praising God. Now, this is a big deal. This is absolutely a big deal. As we see in Isaiah 42, and this is God talking here. I don't think we have it up here, but I'm going to read it for you. Isaiah 42 says, I am the Lord, that's my name. I will not give my glory to anyone else. Why do we want more finances? Is it to better ourselves or to give glory to God? Why do we want a better car? Why do we want a bigger house? Why are we asking God for things that don't glorify him? It's the glory factor. I will not give my glory to anyone else nor share my praise with carved idols. Listen, friends, if we want a yes from God, if we want a yes from God, whatever we are asking for must ultimately bring him glory. Another part of the answered prayer equation is this, the relationship factor. It's the relationship factor. It says in John 15, 7, but if you do what? Remain in me and my words remain where? In you. You may ask for anything you want and it will be granted. If. You know what that if? It implies a condition. If you remain in me and my words remain in you. The condition is that we have to remain in Christ. What he's talking about here speaks to our relationship with Jesus. We need to remain. Uh, some translations of your Bible say we need to abide in Jesus. And not just that, his word needs to remain, abide in us. Yes, we are connected to Jesus the moment we accept him, the moment we put our life and our trust and our hope in him, our faith, and, and we say, you are Lord of my life. We are connected to him when we're rebirthed into the family of God, but we must continually allow his word to flow into our lives and transform us from the inside out. Without transformation, this relationship your relationship with Christ may be lacking something. Are we different today than we were yesterday because of Christ? Remember one of the main verses from our last series that we kind of focused on last week, Romans 12, 1 and 2. Romans 12, 2 talks about letting God change us into a new person by changing the way we what? Think. Then you will learn to what? Know God's will for you, which is good, pleasing, and perfect. There's a passage in Acts 19. It's about the seven sons of Siva. And they tried to invoke the name of Jesus without what? Having an actual relationship with Jesus. It says that they were, 
they, that they attempted to cast out an evil spirit in a man using the name of Jesus. And you know what happened? The evil spirit recognized that they had no relationship with him. They didn't know him. The evil spirit said, I know Jesus and I know Paul, but who the heck are you? And then what happened? They essentially beat him up. If we want a yes from God, it needs to be for his glory. If we want a yes from God, whatever we are asking for must be based in our relationship with him. Our relationship. The third factor is the producing factor. Six factors I'm talking about. The producing factor says this in John 15, 16, I appointed you to go and produce lasting fruit so that the Father will give you whatever you ask for using my name. See, we're appointed by Jesus. We are called, equipped, and purposed and appointed to go produce lasting fruit. Lasting fruit. We have been chosen. We have been equipped. We have been called for this purpose. We are appointed to produce lasting fruit. You know what? The souls of people, the people around us that are saved, uh, or the people that uh, we know that are saved, will last for all eternity. This is the fruit we should be focused on producing in our lives. Lasting fruit forever, all eternity. Now, the word that, so that, can we put that verse back up? I appointed you to go and produce lasting fruit so that the Father will give you whatever. The Father will give you. That, maybe some translations say then, implies another condition. It implies another condition. If you fulfill the condition of fruitfulness, then, then you can have whatever you ask for. And there's a primary spiritual and a secondary natural dream that God has for each and every one of us. And often we miss the priorities. I mean, even Matthew chapter 6, says what? It says, seek first his kingdom, then all of these things are added. Seek first God's kingdom and his righteousness. And then what happens? Everything will be added unto you. God's glory. Relationship. Producing. If we want a yes from God, whatever we're asking for must ultimately produce lasting fruit. The fourth factor is this, the joy factor. The joy factor. John 16, 23, 24 says, at this time, you won't need to ask me for anything. I tell you the truth. You will ask the Father directly and he will grant your request because, again, here we see it, you use my name. Whose name? The name of Jesus. You haven't done this before. Ask using my name and you will receive and you will have abundant joy. Again, we are directed to ask in Jesus' name. Again, I'm talking about how to revolutionize our prayer life. Our, our, ask and pray in such a way that we get that yes. 
that God answers it. When we ask in Jesus' name, we see here we'll receive abundant joy. Because God is interested in us being joyful. Our joy is made full as our prayers are answered and our needs are met because we all know how it feels to have our prayers go unanswered and our needs not met. It's the opposite of joy, right? First Thessalonians 5.16 says, we are commanded by the Apostle Paul to always be joyful, never stop praying, be thankful in all circumstances. Why? For this is God's will for you. Joyful, always praying, always thankful in every circumstance because this is God's will for you uh, who belong to Christ Jesus. If we want a yes from God, whatever we are asking must result in abundant joy. The fifth factor, it's a four-letter word called obedience. I'm joking. The obedience factor. First John, it says, dear friends, if we don't feel guilty, we can come to God with bold confidence and we will receive from him whatever we ask because of what? We obey him. I'm hearing a lot more from this side than I am this side. We obey him. And we do what? We do the things that please ourselves. No, we do the things that please him. And this is the commandment. We must believe in the name of his son, Jesus Christ, and do what? Love one another just as he commanded us. Answered prayers result from obedience to his commands. See, when we're walking in obedience to God, our hearts do not condemn us. And then we can have this confidence in making our requests known to God. Now, what of, what are his, what, what's really the one command of Jesus? Love God and love other people. Don't complicate it. It's love God and love others. Love God and love one another. And they are totally intertwined. Because you cannot love Jesus without loving your brother. And I don't know how we can love our brother without loving Jesus. They're intertwined. We can't pick or choose. If we want a yes from God, whatever we are asking for must not be contrary to what he already said. It has to involve obedience. Obedience. And then the sixth factor. The will of God factor. It's the will of God factor. And this one is a biggie. I mean, I know it seems obvious, but God only affirmatively answers prayers that are in alignment with his will. Believe me. I've been praying for the Warriors for a long time. Better yet, I've been praying for the Raiders to win a game and make the playoffs for a long time. God has yet answered my prayer. May not be his will. 
I mean, we all know what this means, right? How many of us have ever prayed, God, have your way in me? God, let your will be done. I mean, one of, one of the, the, the prayers that we all know that many of us have probably prayed before going to bed, where you remember, maybe you're familiar with it, our Father in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done. If we want a yes from God, whatever we're asking for must please him and be within his will. There was a passage that I'm going to probably obliterate in, in my paraphrase, but says, um, I just lost it. Why? why? <laughs> Delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. God's will. Listen. As I stand here before you, and as we look around this room, there's not a single one of us, or not, there's not a single person in this place watching online that would want or not want our prayers to be answered. We all would like our prayers to be answered, wouldn't we? We would. So again, I ask you to consider these six questions. And I, and I want to challenge you and encourage you to filter your prayer requests through these six questions. The first question is, is when I pray whatever I'm praying for, who is getting the glory? Me, somebody else, or is it God? Who's getting the glory? The second question is, how is my relationship with Jesus? Am I remaining in him? Am I abiding in him? Am I in his word? Is his word in me? Three. As a result of my prayer, is, is, am I producing lasting fruit? Or am I just trying to better my situation? Am I making a difference for eternity or am I fixing my right now? Am I producing lasting fruit? The fourth question is maybe you can ask yourself, as a result of my prayer, is my prayer being answered affirmatively, or when it is answered affirmatively, is it ultimately going to increase my joy? Not my happiness, but my joy. And as you pray, ask yourself, am I walking in obedience to God? And then lastly, filter your prayer requests through this question. Am I asking according to his will. You see, friends, listen. Overall, this is about alignment and allegiance. Alignment and allegiance. Listen, when I prayed diligently for years, years for my wife to be healed, what I wanted 
was to see my wife healed physically. That's what I wanted. What I now believe that God wanted, God wanted to heal our marriage, improve our overall health, and create opportunity for spirit, a spiritual dependence on him. I hope I made sense there. I wanted her to be healed. What God wanted was to heal us. I was focused on her. God was focused on us. When I was asking for Kristen to be healed of her type 1 diabetes, in hindsight, here's the deal. I was not in alignment with God's plan. I mean, he had my allegiance, absolutely. But I wasn't looking at God's big picture. I was looking at my today, and he was setting up a better tomorrow. I'm going to invite you to stand with me. Here's what I want to propose to all of us this morning. That if you are truly trusting God and you're not getting an absolute yes in your prayer life, if, if God, if you feel like God's not answering your prayer, I want to propose to you is it possible that many of us, some of you here in house watching online, Could part of that missing equation to your unanswered prayer is that maybe some of us are missing the big picture of what God wants to do? We're so consumed with what we want and what we want to see happen, we're missing what God wants to do. We're missing his big picture. I believe sometimes... He lets us have a peek at what he's doing. And, and oftentimes, he doesn't. But he's God. And I think sometimes we forget that. If we trust him, it will be okay. You know why? Because he can handle it. It's okay that we don't get to see everything that he's doing. But through our trust in him, we can be confident that he's going to handle it. Is there something that you've been praying for? Is there something that you've been petitioning for? The Apostle Paul said in prison, we talked about last week, present your request to God, your prayers, your petitions with thanksgiving. Present them to God. Is there something that you've been praying for? I'm going to give us an opportunity this morning as the worship team plays. You will have, uh, you're going to have an opportunity to examine yourself.
Asking God to to revolutionize our prayer life, our line of communication with the creator of this universe. Are you walking in alignment with God and his will? And will you trust him to ultimately have your best in mind? Because in all of our prayers, we must say to him be the glory. As we love and serve Jesus, we can absolutely be fruitful. We can be we, and live joyfully, and we can choose to walk daily in obedience, and we will seek his will. God is with us. God is for us. He is trustworthy. He has our best in mind. He loves us. And one uh, way or another, he answers our prayers. He just doesn't always say yes. And remember, God's delays are not necessarily God's denials. Sometimes in life, you're faced with things, you're faced with circumstances, relationships that you cannot stand. And when life gives you more than you can stand, you need to kneel. Prayer is a very important and big part of our relationship with Christ. And I think it's one of the things that so often gets kicked to the curb when we're stressed for time. This church, we need to be a praying church. Praying the promises of God. And let's watch what God does. Can we do that? You guys are awesome. Let's spend some time in God's presence, filtering our prayer requests through those six factors that we just talked about today.